Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Sension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. Questions or comments? <laughs> or, yeah, observations too. It's difficult for me to maintain that largeness, that explosive throughout. I feel it like, on occasion. Um, it's hard to have that constant consciousness for me of that large. So I, I always, if you remember, like, the beginners come and, uh, you know, I use this phrase with the beginners a lot. Uh, you know, power doesn't feel itself. When I was studying in school, uh, a lot of people would talk, you know, it's very, very, there's a lot of cultural capital in the academy to be critical of power. And they would focus in on gross um, examples of power. So tanks coming down the street, right? And in my analysis of power, because you can study history from the perspective of power, what I realized through the help of some key philosophers is that that's actually when power is lost. There's a whole other set of power that never has to use an armored vehicle. And that power is much more dominating. And so in comparison, the armored vehicle to this other kind of power that I'm talking about is, is actually the losing of power. So we all remember when the, when the tanks came down Tiananmen Square, right? Well, look where we are now in China, right? And there are free markets on the East Coast and then people going all over the, the world to study in universities of this kind of nouveau riche of young males from millionaire, billionaire business owners now, right? I often almost humorously give you that that moment in Conan the Barbarian, remember? So the main bad guy realizes, hey, that was I, I was all into that forcing people through violence, right? And he's he's explaining that's not real power, and then he shows this other example. Well, that's kind of the same thing in a kind of, you know, simplistic, almost mythical narrative. But power should not feel itself. Anytime you feel your force, your strength, you are not in control. You're not being powerful. You're losing power. Well, 
you you might when you hear that you might want to think of this in terms of a single directional kind of way so you would say something in your mind as you understand what i'm saying or you're listening to what i'm saying you're thinking that uh, when i push on the sky it's because i'm losing power true but so is the other direction it's when I push on them that's making me lose power. It's not just I'm losing power, therefore I push on them. And I think that's what happens to your technique in particular, is when you let them capture your mind, like your grip, you feel, their, you feel the squeeze of their two hands on your wrist, and you want to pull on it. And when you pull on it, well... You've now made their grip stronger versus turn your hand in that kind of koku inward turning spiral, right? And then their grip gets weaker as you ignore it. Might we even say it got weaker because you did ignore it? I would say that's true as well. So when, I do, when I'm doing the techniques, I play a game like, you're not holding on to me. I am huge. You're like an ant. How many, how many ants did you step on today? I don't know. Because he's all powerful compared to the ant. So when the, when the uke is grabbing me, I just don't feel them. My mind, my attention is somewhere else. Kind of like Zazen, the, bo- the, the closest it gets to this world is my posture. So in Zazen, your mind is going to do mind things, right? And you can practice unfettering it. How? Return to your posture. If you sit there and go... Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about what I'm going to need to make dinner tonight. Well, you just added to that thought, right? Your, your mind is like, okay, wait, if I go to Whole Foods after, I can get, I need to get eggs. Yeah, eggs. Oh, what am I going to make for dinner, right? And then you catch yourself and then you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm thinking. You're still doing it. So the beginner trick is what? Go back to your posture. Nose, ears, navel, hands, right? So same thing. If my mind comes out of that void where I don't even know how many ants I stepped on, I don't know who's holding on to me, if anyone is holding on to me. It just goes to my body organization. Hold the shoulder line, hold the hip line, hold the pelvic angle, find the ground path. Do you get it? But it never goes to, oh my gosh, they're holding on to me. I feel how strong they are. Ah, my wrist. Because then I will give them power and I will lose power. Now, Let's not get confused or let's not blow that out of proportion. It's an aspect of training. 
it's not a martial element other than my mind can now be under my control, which is very much a martial element. But I'm not walking around as I'm searching this building for the active shooter going, I am one with the void. I am one with the void. No, your mind is constantly assessing threats, right? But in your training, especially when you're trying to work on body organization or an unfettering of the mind or centeredness, mindfulness, concentration, then you need to not have your mind go to their grip. Not go to their size, not go to their name, not go to the rep, not go to your technique. Do you understand? In training, you must do that. And then you are cultivating the mind. Without it, how, how different are you from what you do every day before you came to the dojo? My boss yelled at me, my mind went there. My wife was cruel to me. My kids were asses to me. And my mind goes there. Right? We were already black belts in that, right? So you can look, especially in tonight's training with the emphasis on kokuho and body organization, you can, rather than trying to do a technique, see if the technique tempts you by having your mind think technique. That's, that's how I see the training. You're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you're going to do that. And then I go, the hell I am. I just am. Because how can I practice being just am if you don't test me and tempt me with being something in particular? So as a deshi, when you get three techniques, you don't think three techniques. You think no technique. You don't, you know, you get what I'm saying? So if, if you feel like I, don't, I can't manage that power all the time, I think, okay, focus on the other side of that equation. Is your mind going towards their strength? Is your mind getting preoccupied with their presence, their being, what they're doing? And you're going to find, yeah, every time it's there, every single time. I imagine if we were to, if we were to slow down some video footage of you, maybe put some electrodes on you, right? Before you, we could see on your facial expression some sort of recognition or frustration with some sort of weakness that you feel, we're going to see a tension, a breath holding, a stutter step or something like that. And that's where we see your mind got stuck on them, what they were doing. Does this make sense? It's not easy. But there's no other way of training it. This is how you train it. Anything else? Any other comments? Then let me comment on this. So when I started, 
you know, everyone tries to find a market for their martial art or just for the martial arts in general. You're trying to find some reason why you should be doing it. I hope you, you know, like, that's kind of a beginner mistake. You don't have a reason for breathing, right? You just do it. The more your training is like that, the more you're understanding what the training is. But oftentimes, and maybe if you have kids, you even did this, you even wanted this. You know, they talk about a confidence. The training is good for confidence. We used to have the yellow pages, right? If you, if you didn't know what those are, it was like a, a phone book and there would be a ad salesman and they would come around and put your number do you want a picture in there we have some stock footage of some karate guys you're like well it's not karate oh it's not maybe you should just make call it karate anyways because no one knows what aikido is right you get that kind of stuff and then they have you know their bullets like we we can have a triangle for like a dollar fifty more, you can get a star, you know, all this kind of crap. And then they would have these buzzwords. Confidence, gain confidence. It was just a huge thing. And early on, I was always like, how does that happen? How and why would that happen from training? And, you know, you have these can answers, and they always cracked me up. Because it was always like, well, you, you actually know that you can kick everyone's ass. So now you're confident. You know you could. It's just insane. Who knows that? Who would know that? I, I think that's kind of delusional, isn't it? It's kind of romantic. You, you won the, you know, one of the 50th state championships, right? And you, you now can go anywhere and kick everyone's ass. And so that's why you're confident. It seems stupid to me. So the question remains, well, how would I, is that even part of what I'm doing? And if it is, how would I get it? I think something like confidence is as elusive as power. Because at first, it may, it, you go with your intuitive gut reaction. Power is when I can push something really hard. But if you think about it, that sensation is more actually that I'm not all powerful. And same thing with this confidence thing. If you just think about it a little bit, it does not make sense, right? I can't kick everyone's ass wherever I go. Man, I'm one delusional bastard. Why didn't I just start with the delusion? Why spend $99.99 and get my pajama gi with my coupon, right? Why not just, I can kick everyone's ass. So I think, think, what is power? What is it really? 
even go as something as apparently physical as body organization. What is it? Can it really be something so gross and obvious as shoulder alignment, hip alignment, pelvic angle? I would say no. In today's class, we, we had stances, but I kind of, you could see, I don't really need stances. And I think when you pursue something deep enough, you often come to the totally opposite answer. Like this power one. Real power doesn't feel itself. So if I feel myself pushing and I overcome them through my push, I'm actually weaker. If I was truly powerful, I would never feel them like all the ants I step on every day. So same thing kind of with confidence. It can't be that I can kick everyone's ass in the room. It's almost got to be the opposite. I have no need to kick everyone's ass in the room. Yeah, but can you? Irrelevant. Isn't that going to be where confidence really is? Everything is going to be like that. What is center? What is center? If it can only be this kind of balance of two poles... Maybe it has nothing to do with poles at all. So as you guys are moving from, you know, intermediate to advanced, and you're continuing on, because we're doing some more sophisticated stuff, you probably don't know because it always feels the same, right? It's always hard. It's always slightly above you. You just have to look back at some older videos. <laughs> but I would ask you to keep in mind as we're doing this that as wrong as what looking back now, all that material, as wrong as that appears to you now, this one's probably also going to be wrong. But you can find it, I think, if you just look deep enough, like this power thing, right? It, it raises a lot of issues, this question you raised, because if it's a matter that I don't feel it, what do you think most people do? Well, now I'm just a little fluffy bunny out there, right? And, and Uke, your job is to never let me feel, you see? And that's a kind of artificial cosmetic bullshit, right? I mean, you grab on and you freaking push and I don't feel you. You get it? So we can't, we can't have this answer and go, well, the sensei said it's a matter of not feeling. So I'm never going to 
right? I'm never going to push through Uke Center. I'm always, I'm the Ike. I'm Ike everything. That I, that's a lot. Of, that's a huge problem for me in Aikido. That's why I tell you, you're you're going to be better off pushing for Kokyu than you are for Ike. You'll find Ike when you're 80. But you won't find Kokyu if you start looking for it at 80. So the technique, I think you could ask Taylor or those who got it, it didn't feel all that gentle. Right? But to me, it does. To me, as Nagi, felt gentle as shit. But to you, Azuke, you want to hold on, right? You want to get off that wild ride. I think that's an important distinction. Maybe this idea of the gentle art is from Naga's perspective. And not at all from Uke's perspective. Okay. Let's stop there. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentioncenter.com, S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com, or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.